0: Thank God for the name of Jesus, amen? You know, he didn't need a name. He has a name that's above every name. But he gave us his name. He gave us his name because there's authority in that name. When you and I stand in the authority of the name of Jesus, there's nothing that we can accomplish. And that's the exciting part about being a believer. And it's time to get back to the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? I said, it's time to get back to the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? We've got to start being believers again. A lot of Christians are good doubters. They're that Thomas guy. But Jesus is not impressed with Thomas. He's impressed with walking on the water, amen? He's impressed with obeying him and living in his precepts. So today, I just want to to encourage you, go further in Jesus, amen? We've been ministering this whole year on changing forward. Have you seen that all over the place? Man, people are picking it up all over. Why is that? Because He's the same Holy Spirit ministering to His people all over the nation and all over the world. His church is moving forward. We're no longer contained in a building. We're no longer contained in the aspect of you and I not coming to the house of God we are here and god is moving i want to give a testimony last sunday we hit the highest number since covid outside of a special service 600 people were in the house of god now that's still 200 under what we were pre-covid but i'm believing god to fill the house amen for those who don't want to come god will replace them what a horrible thing to realize that god replaces people isn't it amazing that we position ourselves to be blessed or we position ourselves to be cursed. We position ourselves for blessing or we position ourselves to step outside of his blessing. And today I just wanna encourage you that you and I need to, uh, the old song, get under the spout where the glory's coming out. Brother Henry and I are the only ones who probably remember that. Get under the spout where the glory's coming out, amen. This year we've been talking about consecration, about separation. Turn to someone and say, you are different. Tell somebody else, you are unique. God has called us to be different. We're called to be unique. We are not called to live the same way the world does. We're not called to act the same way the world does. We're not called to believe in the principles of heaven the same way. In fact, we are not contained by this world as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, We are contained by the kingdom of God's principles that supersede the natural man's principles. As we know this, changing forward is easy. For it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Even as you watched as God was moving in the the worship service and in first service, it was exciting to see the Holy Ghost, exciting to see God's spirit moving amongst his people. It's exciting to see the gifts of the holy spirit being manifested in his church it's important to know that but the sad part is there are many churches that are no longer allowing the holy spirit to move in their churches there are a lot of churches that are no longer allowing god to be the king or the master or the one who's in control of the churches and i'm here to tell you in this house i will always step back to the holy ghost We need more of the Holy Spirit than we've ever needed before. We need more of the Holy Ghost than we've ever needed before. We need more of the Holy Ghost in our lives, more than we've ever needed before. Not just as a church, but individuals. God wants to work more, but how God works is by the moving of the Holy Ghost. The church has lost who He is. They have forgotten who He is. They don't know how He moves, and it's time to have a revival reviving what God once had alive his church to get back to a passion to see the Holy Ghost move however he desires that lives will be transformed bodies will be healed minds will be restored bondages will be broken that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever i remember one time i was in providence rhode island as a bible college student. we were doing street ministry and we walked up to one of the normal drunks he was always drunk he was one of the men that lived on the streets and everybody had given up on him but that day by the prompting of the holy spirit me and my friend walked over to him and we said today Jesus wants you to be saved he said I've heard the salvation many times I said but watch this God is gonna sober you up in seconds you're gonna know that God is real and that God is alive we laid hands on him we commanded that spirit of alcoholism to be broken we commanded his body to sober up and literally he sobered got saved and went to church and was transformed by the power of Jesus name Jesus is still moving by his Holy Ghost Jesus is still moving by his spirit it's time for the church to get in the move of god we were talking about how god is consecrating us he's making us holy and i want you to realize something i got great relief turn to somebody say he's got great relief that is this not t-u-m-s t-u-m-s tums you're all a little slow this morning I got great relief when it comes to consecration. I got great relief when it comes to living a holy life. You and I can't do it on our own. It is impossible for man to live by their own strength, man to live by their own power and live holy. We need the Holy Ghost, for it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit. saith the Lord of hosts, we need the Holy Ghost more than we've ever needed the Holy Ghost before. As a church, there must be a fresh passion ignited, a fresh desire manifested. We've got to go after the Holy Ghost like we've never gone after him before. We must know him. We must understand him. We must know his voice. In fact, next week, you don't want to miss, I'm going to preach and teach on how to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 19, our verse for the year. Listen carefully. I'm about to do uh, new thing now it will spring forth that means it's going to happen quick will you not be aware which means there are a lot of folks a lot of churches there are a lot of people with the tag christian that are going to miss the next move of the holy spirit i was very excited as brother ted prophesied over my wife just recently and said that she will be one of the leaders of the third great move of God upon the planet. And I have absolutely no question how God is going to use her life in that aspect. It is going to be exciting. But that means there's going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit like we saw in the book of Acts prophesied by Joel. In the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. The young men and the old men talking about the gifts of the Spirit being manifested. God is going to move in a great capacity and it's time for the church to awaken themselves shake themselves revive themselves because we have got to be holy or else God can't use us say amen be holy for I am holy I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert I want you to hear me today we're going to talk about how to walk in the Holy Spirit how to walk in the Spirit here's the issue How will you ever find the road in the wilderness if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit? How will you ever find the river in the desert if you're not going to be led by the Holy Spirit? And these are the children of God, Romans chapter 8. These are the children of God who are led by the spirit of God it's time for the church to have a revival with the Holy Ghost it's time for the church to have a real grasp and understanding how he works where he goes what he does how he says how he speaks and then we've got to do what we've been called to do obey can I hear an amen Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The Amplified Version says it this way, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance and then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God or His laws and precepts. There are many people in the church that are filled with the Holy Spirit, but still do not walk in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to take control of your life. I want to remind you of a verse that says this, My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Which means when you got saved, it was not just you getting a ticket out of the lake of fire. Can I hear an amen? But there was a surrender in the spirit. And you said, God, I now give you my life for you to live through. I surrender my life. I give you authority in my life. I allow you to direct my life for the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. God, I let you move forward your plan, not my plan. This is a problem in the body. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, in him we live and move and have our being but many in the body of christ because they do not understand how to walk in the spirit they actually live their own life and allow the holy ghost just to kind of tag along when you need him that's not the plan of heaven that's not what god wants to do We have got to know and understand his personality, his character. We've got to know his voice. We've got to know his prompting. We've got to understand where he wants to direct us. Why? Because if the Spirit of God is going to bring forth a uh, spring in the desert, you can't find it without the one who made it. We've got to know and understand where that road is. And the Bible is very clear about the road. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. This is not a game but the great news is as the more we have the Holy Spirit the more he gives us the authority and the power the more he gives us the grace to be able to live that holy life without you and I having to strive or struggle. Why? Because then there's only one principle that needs to be lived upon and that is learning a life of obedience. Jesus, when he was on this planet, walked with the 12 and walked, we know, at least with 70 others. What he did on this planet while he was here for three years, he walked, he spent all day with them. He went out, they, they spent all night together. He was with them personally, showing them how the Father works, showing them how the Holy Spirit moves. I want to remind you that Jesus did no mighty miracles until he was baptized in water and the Spirit of God came upon him in Mark chapter 1. Up to that age, 30 years old, Jesus did no mighty miracles. We did nothing in and of himself. You see, because Christ was a man. What I love about our Jesus, what I love about our God is simply this. He came down here, according to Philippians chapter 2, gave up all of his heavenly glory so that he could live as a man you see Christ did all the miracles Christ did all the miracles and signs and wonders Christ did all the supernatural things not because he was God in the flesh but because he was man anointed by God from heaven and that is what he showed us he said I'm gonna do what I showed you I could do greater work shall you do because I go to the Father as the church that means we've had Jesus or they had Jesus face to face for all of those years. But Jesus made a decision, and this is what I love about God. He loves us so desperately. He loves us so much. He said, if I don't go away, I can't send the Comforter. If I don't go away, I can't send the Holy Ghost. And when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Ghost of Heaven, the God, the third person of the triunity, literally comes in and dwells in your spiritual man. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but the moment you confess Christ, you're alive in Christ. Your spirit man is alive and literally, Literally, God, the one who brooded over the earth of creation, is dwelling inside of you. You see, we are not just normal people walking on this planet. We are the sons and daughters of God who are governed by the eternal principles. We are governed by faith and not by sight. We are governed by the working of God's Spirit, not by you and I just having to hope that we make it by and Jesus comes quickly because we're scared of this earth. The Holy Ghost is actually called the Spirit of Christ. You see, this is why we've got to know Him. This is why we've got to have a relationship with Him. We're either going to walk in the Spirit or we're going to walk in the flesh. Many believers live in the flesh. What does that mean? That means we live our own lives. We tell God what we're going to do. We call on God when we have a problem. But other than that, he's got a tail along in the back seat. But I'm here to tell you, my Jesus is not my, (laughs) he's not my co-pilot. He is the pilot. Well, pastor, you're the preacher of the church. I want you to know it has nothing to do with being a preacher of the church. It has to do with being a son and daughter of the Most High God. It has to do with you and I being submitted to the Lord. And when we submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. But until you submit to God, the devil will go nowhere. The greatest sin is called independence. When the believers... Get saved because they don't want to go to hell is nice. Listen, I don't blame you. I don't blame any of us for not wanting to go to the lake of fire. But the fact is, is that's not why you were just saved. That's part of why you were saved. The other part is the factor of you and I learning how to walk in obedience and dependence on God. Really recognizing, listen now, there's no greater pride than independence of the Holy Spirit. say it again. There is no greater pride than independence of the Holy Spirit. How many of us in this room know what tomorrow holds? How many of us in this room know where we're going to be this afternoon? You presume you know where you're going to be this afternoon. How many of us can fix something that was genuinely broken that even the doctors can't fix? Not one person in the room. You can't heal the wing of a fly. Every one of us And this is the the scariest part, is that so many believers are living a lifestyle. Come on now, I'm, I'm, I'm being confrontational this morning. I'm talking, we're living a lifestyle of the flesh with the foolish deduction that we actually control anything. We control nothing. There is nothing within our control in the aspect of you and I making something happen tomorrow. We have to learn how to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit who knows our end from our beginning. We need to depend upon the Holy Spirit who knows the words that we're going to say even tomorrow before we even say them. That that before anything occurs in our family, the Spirit of God can prompt you to pray and you can thwart it from ever happening in your lifestyle. That God can prophesy and minister the miracles that only He can do if the church will be alive to the Spirit of God and and aware of the Spirit of God, knowing the Spirit of God, we don't have to go through the same thing the people of the world do. Say amen or oh my. As a believer, our dependence is powerful because when we depend on God, we're actually declaring that he is God. Now, Adam and Eve had a problem. They decided one day they wanted to be independent of God. When you look at the temptation, the temptation is that God said that, you, uh, that you, uh, you won't die. That God says that you'll have as much knowledge as him. They wanted an independence from God. But when they took a hold of the independence, they literally lost everything that they had. If you really want all that God has, it doesn't come from you being in control. It comes from Him being in control. It doesn't come from you grabbing a hold and making things happen. It goes from Him, the Spirit of God, saying, Do this now. Do this now. Do this now. For the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I'll set you up. I'll bless you. I'll prosper you. I'll make things happen that are impossible for man to make happen because I am God. And when we're dependent on Him, we can live in the blessings of heaven. Say amen or oh my. The flesh is desperate to get a hold of your life. See, the large battle has nothing to do with the devil. The devil is already defeated. The largest battle that we have is between the flesh and the spirit. Romans chapter 8 talks about it very clearly. Verse 5 through 8. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds, set their minds, set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the spirit set their minds on the things which are of the spirit, his purpose and his will. Now the mind of the flesh is death now and forever because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the supernatural well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. The mind of the flesh which pursues sin is actively hostile. It is actively against. It is actively the enemy against the Holy Spirit, against the uh, against the God of heaven. It does not submit Itself to God's law since it cannot and those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God when we learn to walk in the spirit it's not that we aren't going to be tempted with the flesh I want to remind you according to James chapter 1 that the temptation is not the sin You and I will be tempted in our mind. A temptation will be flashed before us. An opportunity to sin will be placed in front of us. But that is not the sin. The temptation is not the sin. It's what you do with that temptation. The flesh meditates on that temptation. The flesh looks at the temptation. And then it starts taking control. And once it takes control, then you'll see it manifest that sin. And the wages of sin is Death. So, therefore, God is saying if you're going to learn how to walk in the Spirit, you've got to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've got to learn the Word of God so that when the temptation is placed in front of you to walk in the flesh, you have the ability and the power and the grace that God has given you by the Spirit of God who dwells inside of you that you don't have to act upon that temptation, but you can either kick it to the side, you can submit to God, resist the devil, and it will. flee from you or you will submit to it and you will live a life of sin every Christian is being confronted I don't care how many years you've been saved I don't care how old you are every believer is called to live the same kind of lifestyle and that is to walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh And that that is the battle of our lifetime, learning how to say, listen now, I'm being tempted. It is a genuine temptation, but I'm choosing to submit to God. I'm choosing to obey God. I'm choosing to make sure that God is glorified with my life, for it's not my life, and I refuse to take the Holy Ghost into that place, to that place, from that place, and I I choose to worship God. Walking in the Spirit is a key to your outpouring of your life. The, uh, the walking in the Spirit is God's key for you to, become, be, to be productive in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God will use holy people. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy means that you are consecrated. It means that you're set apart. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're set apart. And when you sin, the Bible says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You see, I thank God not only for the grace, the power, to live a life walking in the Spirit, but that when we choose not to, when we choose not to, I want you to know there's not one sin that you have to submit to. There's not one sin more powerful than the believer. There's not one sin that you cannot have a way of escape for according to Corinthians chapter 10. But every time that we choose, we choose to sin it is that understanding that I choose to live the life that I want to live I want to live independent of God therefore I'm going to live my life I don't care what God wants and that's the danger of Adam and Eve That's the danger that as we believers have to confront, especially in these last days, as God is raising up his last time, his last church, that God is going to use to bring in the great harvest. He is going to use a holy church. He is going to use a church that is going to be used by the Holy Ghost. He's going to use a church that is going to allow him to move the way he desires to move. But God can't do that unless we submit to him. Submit to God. Well, I don't want God to humble me. Listen now, you don't find that ever in the Scripture. You find that man has to submit to God. As a believer, you're called to submit to God. That's a problem in the church world today, and we can see it just in this service. You're in this service, but there are many empty seats. There are 1,300 people that call this their home. But they would rather stay home, stay in their pajamas, lay in the bed, get an extra hour of sleep, then be in the house of God like they're directed by the Holy Ghost. Do you realize that you can miss the move of God? Do you realize that the move of God can happen and you can completely miss it? And then they sit back and they they have no desire for it because they have not been, come on now, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, I went to a good restaurant last night. I like duck duck is good last night I was in this restaurant in Owego and I ordered duck and that came and it was so tender you didn't need a knife I didn't need salt and pepper it had this sauce a berry sauce that you just sopped it in and you slid it by between your lips and you let your savory mouth just suck it in and You slowly, I didn't chew it quickly, I chewed it slowly. And I enjoyed every piece. I'm going back to that restaurant. But they open, maybe today, you know, they're open from two to four. We should probably go today. I have a desire to go back there because I tasted it. There are many that will never learn to walk in the Spirit because they'll never taste of the Holy Spirit because they'd rather live by their flesh. It is one of the most dangerous places to be is the body of Christ. Yet at large, that's who we actually see that majority of believers are. That listen, there are still churches closed because of COVID. Even when the government says Open. Don't tell me you're led by the Holy Spirit. You will miss the next move of, I'll say it right, you will miss the next move of God. He needs a church that's filled with boldness. He needs a church that's filled with authority. He needs a church that's filled with the Holy Ghost. He needs a church that's filled with the gifts. And listen, it's not just here. God is raising up churches all over this nation, all over this world that have a passion and have a desire to see God change lives. And the Holy Ghost is the only way to do it. You've got to learn how to obey. The evidence... The evidence of walking in the Spirit is obedience. The evidence of walking in the Holy Spirit is obedience. There are many believers God has been speaking to for many years to see certain things, to stop certain things, that God has confronted each one of us. Listen now, there's not one person in this room that hasn't been confronted by the Holy Spirit because I don't care how many years you've been saved, there's still something to work on. Say amen. I said, come on, say it out loud with me. I have something the Holy Ghost wants to work on in my life. What happens is, if you and I don't allow the Spirit of God to work on it, now I want you to know, you can reject the direction of the Holy Spirit. I shared it in first service. Probably eight years ago, the Holy Spirit told me to study anatomy. I got busy, life got busy. I wasn't actively disobeying God. But I don't care if it's active disobedience, ignorant disobedience. Disobedience is still disobedience. God never leads us to do something that isn't going to have a blessing on its tail. Can I hear an amen? So he told me, I want you to study anatomy. And he said, because I want to use you, especially in these last days, I want to use you that I'm going to actually call out body parts, internals, and you're going to be able to speak them. You'll know what they feel like, and I'll work with the word of knowledge and the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. Sadly enough, I didn't live in obedience. I started studying it again last fall. But I've lost all those years. People will pay the price for our disobedience. People will pay the price of our disobedience. Walking in the Spirit is not just that you and I are going to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's that you and I are going to be used by God in a greater capacity to fulfill the destiny that He preordained for us before He said, let there be light and there was light. There's a need to learn how to walk in the Spirit so that you and I will say, and God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant." But he can't say that if you're living your life and telling God to mind his own business, except on Sunday when I don't want to feel guilty because I didn't go to church. Say amen or oh my. The flesh has a voice. The world has a voice. The devil has a voice. And the Holy Spirit has a voice. We determine which voice we're going to listen to and which voice is going to guide us. God doesn't decide that. We choose that. This morning as I'm standing up here, I looked over at Brother Henry and a light bulb came over his head. Not your light bulb, my light bulb. And I kept trying to turn away from him, and then I'd see Brian. I kept trying to turn away from Brian. Then I looked over to that couple. And I'm saying, but God, what if I'm wrong? But God, what if it's not right? And I had to make a choice. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't care how many years you're in the kingdom. I don't care how many years you're growing. We've got to learn how to walk in the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn how to obey the Holy Spirit. I told you the story not too long ago about a man that I was uh, ministering to, definitely not born again. He's very fluent with the F-bomb, and he's good with it. I mean, he makes it in a sentence that it actually almost makes sense. And one day I texted him, and I just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he's not born again. He knows nothing about the, the, nothing about the gifts of the Spirit. And I just sent him a text, and I said, I'm praying for you. And I put what I was praying for. And I heard nothing. There was no response. Well, I said, well, maybe I was wrong. About a month or so later, I went into, the, I went into that, uh, that store, and when I walked into the store, he looked at me, and he goes, you're freaky. I said, what do you mean? He said, that text you sent me, he said I was sitting right next to my wife and what you sent was exactly what we were going through at that moment. I actually turned it to my wife and said, look at that. She goes, that is spooky. <laughs> but it gave me opportunity to go in and share Christ with him. It gave me opportunity and latitude to be able to hear, have him hear the voice of the Lord. I walked into one of the mayors one day and I, I looked at the mayor and, and I listened to the mayor the whole day, you know, that whole portion. She was talking to me and, and she definitely was not a believer. And, and so at the end, I looked at her and I said, can I pray for the sickness that you're struggling with that you haven't even told your husband about? And she looked at me and she got a little weirded out. She goes, how do you know that? I said, the Holy Spirit sent me to you. And he wants you to hear the gospel. I prayed with her, and she would not let any other pastor pray with her. I would always have to go in and pray with her. She's been to this church multiple times. I don't know if she's accepted Jesus. That's not my job. But my job is to walk in the Spirit. And if I walk in the Spirit, I'll have an opportunity to share what Jesus Christ wants shared. But if you don't walk in the Spirit, it's not just you that loses, but people lose. Obedience is a challenge. We've got to learn how to be obedient people you can trust God your independence from God is absolute pride and you've got to be willing to say, God, I don't understand all things. God, I don't understand even what you're saying to me. God, I don't understand why you're putting your finger on that in my life. Listen, some of you, it might be something big. Some of you, it might be something small. Some of you, it might not even be sin for somebody else. But for God, he's just trying to find out whether you will obey him or not. Because if he can trust you with little, he can trust you with much. But if he can't trust you or obey with this spot, he'll never trust you or obey over here. We all want more of God. We all want God to use us in a greater capacity. But how can he use us if he can't trust us? Listen, now obedience is a big part of our lives. We've got to be willing to obey God. And if God puts his finger on something in our life, I was talking about a, a, a man that um, I, I had heard of, and he was a worship person and, and, and this many, many years ago. And I, I was moved by the Holy Spirit to contact that individual. And when I contacted them, they had divorced their spouse and moved in with their girlfriend, and they were living together. And I said, well, you know, I just would love to take you out to lunch. I felt led of the Holy Spirit. And as I, was, li- as I was sitting with that individual, I just let God speak. And it was that God wanted to restore that individual. God wanted to heal their heart because it had been broken. God wanted to put them back in a place of ministry where they once were. And God wanted to use their life that God wasn't done with them. Them. And when by the time that person left, they had rededicated their life to Jesus. And then they had a problem. They were living together. They were living in the same house. They had bought a house together, and they could not afford to live separately. And so I said to them, then you move into the, into the laundry room, give her the bedroom, and you don't meet in the twain. Amen. Amen. And they actually did it. Why? Because they fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when you learn how to obey God in all things, the blessings will chase you down. They will trip you up. Come on now. God will just overwhelm you and bless you accordingly. Why? Because an obedient life is one that trusts God. I challenge you to be obedient. To obey is better than Sacrifice. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. There is an obedience principle. If you're going to walk in the Spirit, it means you've got to walk in obedience. Had a friend, actually I was just listening I had a friend of mine, he was driving to a location, going up a very large hill, and he was going up this large hill, and there was a precipice over the top in his car, and he was listening to a cassette tape, that tells you how long ago the story came to me, and listening to a cassette tape, and the Spirit of God said, pull over, and I want you to get this tape out of the back of the car. And he said, but I like the one that's in there. And he obeyed God, pulled over, got out of his car, had to open his trunk, rifle through all the different cassette tapes. He got it, went in, in, popped the old one out, popped the new one in, started back up the hill. As he got to the top of the hill, there was a car accident. And if he had not obeyed God, he would have been in a head-on accident just where it would have been. Walking in the Spirit will always save you. It will save your life because he knows your life he knows your end from your beginning he knows your tomorrow he knows where you're going to be in a decade if he tarries he knows what you're feeling he knows the hurts that you carry he knows the problems you're going to go through and he knows it all and he has the answer for every single one of them for God is not the God of turmoil God is the God of peace and the peace that passes all understanding comes because of answers but if you can't obey him in the small, he can't trust you in the large. Obedience is a major part of walking in the Holy Spirit. And then learning as, you've learned, as you will learn to walk in the anointing and walk in the Holy Spirit, you will find that God will start using your life in capacities. My wife and I, when God told me to start a church in Horseheads, New York, you all know the story. I told him no. Absolutely not. 1997, laying on that couch in Oneida, Tennessee, start a church in horse heads. No. The next year, laying on the same couch, start a church in horse heads. No. Riding the lawnmower that fall. So that was late 96, 97, late 97 riding the lawnmower, start a church in Horses. And I said, why? There is over 120 churches in this area. Why do we need another church? And he said, I want them to know that I love them. So that day, my wife and I started planning his Tabernacle family church. I remember meeting in my house We would have little Bible studies for like every month when I was home. I was only home one week a month as I traveled across the nation doing ministry. And I'd be home and we'd have a Bible study. And I remember the night before the church began, Deb called us on the phone and she said, Hi, Pastor Mike, I don't know really what your life is going on. And she had no clue. We hadn't really publicized it. And this is what she did. She said, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, this is your time and your season and the vision that I place in your heart will come to fruition. And I want you to know that God is walking with you. But I want you to hear this. If my wife and I had chosen not to walk in the Spirit, you wouldn't be sitting in the chair you're sitting in today. Some of you wouldn't be saved. Every one of us impacts somebody and our walking in the spirit is a key to taking people out of death and putting them into life. And if the church doesn't again get a hold of the Holy Ghost, if the church doesn't again grab a hold of the Holy Ghost, if the church again doesn't get filled with the Holy Ghost, if the church again doesn't submit to the Holy Ghost, if the church again doesn't allow the Holy Ghost to do whatever he wants, however he wants, with not your life but his life because he bought it with the price of the blood of Jesus, then people will be lost and these end days will be sad. But I'm here to tell you that God is raising up a remnant church. God is raising up a remnant people that will want the Holy Ghost more than they want anything else and they'll be passionate about the spirit of the living God what is that thing in your life what is that thing in your life what is that thing in your life that the spirit of God has put his finger on that's holding you back that you, you intend to at some point in time obey God but, but not now what is that thing that the Spirit of God has placed His, his finger on that is asking you to change, to, that is holding you back from walking in the Spirit? Every one of us got something. Every one of us have to have to hear the Spirit of God because there's something that needs to be purged. For some of you, man, I remember your first years, you were drinking, smoking, token, and all, screwing around, and God was working one thing out at a time, and glory to Jesus. But when you're 10, 20, 15 years old in Jesus, you shouldn't be still screwing and running around. Say amen. You should be getting a hold of God, and the things he put his fingers on are smaller, yep. but will hold you back from the things of blessing. My question is, What are the things in your life that you have not allowed God to take control of? Where is the independence from God in your life? Where is that sin that so easily besets you that you know put his finger on and said, stop? He's not telling you to stop because he's trying to steal fun from you. He's trying to tell you to stop because He's got greater things for you. The flesh will always lie to you and tell you that you've got the best life now. Your best life is following the Holy Spirit. And man, there's nothing greater, more fulfilling than living a life that God is pleased with. Being in His will is the greatest sensation of joy and peace and pleasure and no man can buy it no man can sell it no man can try to concoct it there's not a drug that can create it there's not come on, there's not counseling that can fix it Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other Jesus is the way. That's an old song. Do you know that one? Oh, um, Isaiah, will you come out and sing that real quick? You got it? I am Mike. You got it? Jesus is the answer For the world today, above Above him him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer. For the world world today, today, above him him, there's there's no other. Jesus Jesus is is the way. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. God is asking some of you to obey Him in worship. He's asked for certain things from you in worship. He's asked for you to worship in a different way than you've ever done before. And you're afraid of what people are going to think and people say. At some point in time, you've got to learn how to shake that thing. So who gives a flying leap what anybody has to say? They're not God. We've got to live for Jesus in these last days. Bow your heads with me this morning. Today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it's the greatest level of independence. It is a loss that you cannot afford. If you're watching online, if you do not know, do not know Jesus, there is a price that you do not have the ability to pay that will get you to heaven. Only Jesus... Only Jesus' blood can get you to heaven. Today, if you do not know Christ as your Savior and you want Him in your life, I'm not asking you to join church. I say that almost every week because the people that come that need the salvation message, many times they've been taught it's about joining a religion or joining a church. It's not about joining a church. It's not about joining a religion. It's about knowing God. Being dependent on God surrendering to God, submitting to God. Oh, the greatest thing you could ever do is give your life to Jesus who knows your end from your beginning and has phenomenal plans for you. Today, if you need Jesus as your Savior, I want you to slide your hand up right now. not going to wait real long. Thank you in the back. Thank you. You can put it right back down. Anyone else this morning wants Jesus as their Savior? Is there anyone else? I'm not going to wait long. Five, four, three. I'm not even going to pause. Thank you. Two. Last call. Get your hand up. And one. If you're watching by live stream, you want to get your life right with God, I want you to grab your cell phone, dial nine seven zero zero zero, Type in I am safe. Someone will get to you before the end of the day. Make sure that you're solid. Know who you are and make sure that you're born again. Get you a Bible. Make sure that you're going to run this race and finish the race, not just start it. Today, I want us all to ask a simple question to ourselves. This is really nobody else's business. Remember last week, mind your own stink of business. I want you to ask yourself this. It's not between you and your wife, you and your children. It's you. What is that thing of disobedience that you are unwilling to surrender to God? And I challenge you this week, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When you submit to God, that flesh has to come into subjection. And you'll see victory, the victory you deserve as a child of the king. For he said, I've made you more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you answer? What is it? Look, I, I can rush through this. What good's that going to do for anybody in the room? Ask yourself the question. What is that sin? And then I want you to do something. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the power to break its back. We want to pray together? Do you know what it is? You don't have to say it to anybody. I want you to bow your head and I want you to pray right out loud with me. Jesus, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, you dwell in me. And I want you to hear me clearly. I submit my life to God. This sin that so easily besets me I am no longer giving it placement giving it posture I am no longer allowing it to steal God's best from my life I declare in the name of Jesus I have the power of God to break its back I no longer will submit to it but it will submit to God Holy Spirit, give me victory. Give me victory. And every time I'm tempted, give me the way of escape and the power to do it in Jesus' name. I said, in Jesus' name, amen. Kelly, you've been praying for a long time, honey, and at times you think God's forgotten all about it but you've been speaking things and I want you to realize that what you cannot see in the natural is being done in the supernatural that even though you can't see how he's setting this up I just want you to rest I want you to rest because he's going to make it happen and you're not going to have anything to do with it except the prayer. Amen? So nothing else will be ever to be said but only God. Amen? I've had that since the beginning. I'm sorry. We'll hold it to the end. Amen? Father, we just bless you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your word. It's truth and makes us free. We ask in the name of Jesus that you empower this congregation, your church, your men, your women, to do great and mighty exploits for your kingdom. And we thank you that you have sent us and have us alive for such a time as this, that we will bring transformation to our area of life you have sent us to. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you raise your hand for salvation. Right over here is Mindy. Please don't run out of the sanctuary. Come on down. Talk with Mindy. We want to lead you to Christ. We want to get you a Bible. We not only want you to start, we want you to finish. We love you. If you please, will you leave with your mask on? We only do that out of respect for people. There's an offering plate in the back. Have an awesome week. Serve Jesus with all of your hearts.